Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. You'll be glad you did. Hello, fellow patriots and liberty lovers everywhere. I'm just uh, gazing at the visage of uh, Dementia Joe. Uh, he is doing a newser in Wilmington, Delaware. He actually came out of the basement. And it says on the uh, crawl on the bottom of the screen, Joe Biden taking reporters' questions. As I am joined by uh, Dave Schwartz, the uh, big kahuna, the top dog, the big cheese, at the Freedom Action Network of South Carolina. I'm betting, Dave, there probably are going to be some hard-hitting questions today for Joe Biden. They won't have anything to do with Ukraine. Uh, They won't have anything to do uh, with uh, some of his uh, misspeaks along the way. Uh, I'm sure the questions will consist of things like, uh, Mr. Vice President, what's your favorite color? Uh, Mr. Mr. Vice President... Uh, do you like fat girls? Mr. Vice President, are you a good dancer? <laughs> uh, I'll tell you what, the, the big question is going to be, is he going to debate or not? Yeah. You know, and, and that there's some serious uh, doubt out there uh, from what I've been reading that, that he will even show up to those debates. It'll be very interesting to see that. I, I have been uh, positing the conspiracy theory that in a, in a very convenient coincidence, Uh, two or three days away from September 29th, the scheduled debate date for the first one, that Biden will suddenly be stricken with (laughs) COVID-19 and and sadly will have to go into quarantine. What do you think? That's right. That's right. And and he'll have to submit his universal mail ballot uh, because of that, too, I'm sure. (laughs) He, he, He went and voted in person today, Dave. Oh, man. Oof. He's bold. He, he is well, bold, Bob. And he knows how to Very kill him. Uh, he knows how to kill a meme, doesn't he? I mean, there's Pelosi <laughs> and Schumer screaming about it's too dangerous. It's okay to go to the grocery store, but God forbid you go to your polling place to vote. And and That's so right. what's Biden do? He shows up at the polling place and votes, killing their whole argument. <laughs> yep. Uh, look, but they, but that's liberals, right? I mean, they, yeah. they don't live by their own rules. Right? No, of the, course the rules not. are for us, not for them. That's right. Um, yeah. And speaking of liberals, Bob, <laughs> speaking of liberals, uh, we have a bunch of them down in the state house. And, yeah, uh, we do. You know, they were, uh, the good old boys were in Columbia. Um, they're there this week, and uh, they're there to, uh, you know, spend more of our money. Yeah. Um, and, and they're good at it. Past, they're, 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 they're professional spenders, Bob. They're <laughs> yep. professional spenders. Um, and they're liberals in both parties, of course, right? I mean, that, that's sure. the beauty of South Carolina is, um, you know, we, we love ourselves some, some liberals in, in both the Republican and Democrat parties. But, you know, the state Senate passed a budget uh, yesterday, largest in history. Uh, again. Biggest spending in history. And, and again, they continue to break the law. They, can, they break the transparency law every single year. We've talked about this in the past. 
Um, You know, when it comes to the state budget, we have a very specific set of laws that promote transparency, Bob. Uh, In the SC Code 11-1190, uh, they're supposed to hold joint open hearings um, on the governor's submission of the budget. Uh, The House Ways and Means Committee, Leather McCruffy, Leatherman Senate Finance Committee, they're supposed to sit there together and they're supposed to go line by line in the budget so that we can all see, right, how our money is being spent. And instead, they hold these secret meetings uh, in these smoke-filled dark rooms in the state house, where there are no recorded votes and only a very select few of powerful politicians and lobbyists know about, right, mm-hmm. so that they can help manipulate. Right. And, you know, the result – and again, the result is that they pass these massive pet projects that benefit their friends, their family, their business partners. Um, and it's also how they get reelected. And that's really, you know, this, there's a report out, um, uh, you know, it's great sometimes, Bob, very rarely, but, but it's good when we get some really good investigative journalism coming from mainstream media sources. It's very rare. Right. Um, but in this case, uh, la- the, earlier this week, the state newspaper, which is the McClatchy newspaper down in Columbia, a couple of reporters down there actually did some really good investigative work, and they went sifted through the state budget and found $44 million in pet projects. I mean, everything from $5,000 to $2 million, and it was $44 million worth of these unnecessarily pet projects. And, 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 and again, Bob, this is how our legislators, our state legislators, you know, they're pigs at the trough. They call yep. it delivering, right? They're delivering bacon back to the district, but really they're not. And that's that's what I think it, we, we say, we use these phraseologies all the time, right? Well, well, they're bringing bacon back home. Well, and they're really not. They're bringing bacon back to a very select, very tiny slice of elite citizens that, that, mm-hmm. that really are, are usually wealthy, right? Or are part of the government. There are they're part of the local government uh, apparatus, and and they don't help us, right? It'd be one thing if they were bringing back the bacon and our roads got fixed, or they were right. bringing back the bacon, right? And we had school choice, Bob, or they were right. bringing back the bacon, and you know we weren't paying the highest monthly electricity bills in in the entire country. They're bringing back the bacon to a select group of people, and really this is what's infuriating is they use these pet projects. It's how they get reelected. Yeah, and Bob, I don't know how many times you've been asked, or I, I know I've been asked countless times, Dave, how do these rhinos keep winning elections? How do they win the, you know, how does Lindsey Graham win the primary, or or how mm-hmm. does you know State Senator Ross Turner continue to win primaries all the time? Right. And this is how they do it: they get money, our money, of course, this is the state budget. It's, it's our tax dollars that they're using Correct. to empower themselves. Right. And, and, you know, the, the upstate guys, I was sifting through this, this database of these pet projects. I mean, you know, State Senator Tom Corbin, who's in the northern part of Greenville County. I mean, mm-hmm. here he got an earmark for a pet project, $40,000 to Greenville Parts and Rec for a, a, a rehabilitation project at Slater Hall. Now, again, it's not a ton of money. I mean, $40,000 is a lot of money. It's not a ton of money in the grand scheme of things. But. It got to the government bureaucrats over at Parks and Rec. Now, Bob, who do you think they're going to go vote for <laughs> yeah, in the right. next election, right? <laughs> I mean, Davey Hyatt, state representative up in Pickens County, he got thirty grand. To- 
to the city of Easley, by the way, catch this, for promoting the NCAA Softball World Series. (laughs) Not only is that a worthless pet project, but, Bob, it's the fact that he got $30,000 to a bunch of bureaucrats at the city of Easley. And, again, who do you think they're going to go vote for? That block of bureaucrats is going to go vote for Davey Hyatt in the next election. Right. And that's what we're talking about. That's how they retain power. That's how they enrich themselves and their buddies at our expense. It's in the state budget, and it all goes back to the fact that they don't follow the transparency laws. They don't follow that law that would open up the books, that would shed light on all of this process that benefits them and their buddies and their business partners at our expense. And we need to demand that that process opens up because if we do, if we're able to open this up, Bob, if we're able to force them to follow the law, if we're able to expose all this corruption, all these pet projects, guess what? Not only do these pet projects likely go away and we get to save money, but by more importantly, we get our power back, right? Because that's what's missing in all of this. Mm-hmm. That's what they take away when they do this. They take away much more than our money. They take away our power, right? Our power to control our government and our power to control our republic. That's what they're taking away when they do this. And that's what needs to come to an end. Yeah, and it's, it's merely another example. I mean, we've seen... Uh, the lack of transparency and their lack of following the constitutional mandates uh, for South Carolina. Look at the way uh, Governor Henry McMasker uh, has issued executive order after executive mandate, one after the other, when constitutionally he's only allowed to do that once for a specific number of days. And after that, if he wants to extend them, the legislature has to come back into session and approve it. And and yet, right. how many has he done now? Half a dozen of these uh, with the, the legislature asleep at the switch uh, while everybody it, is, is still restricted to all of these mandates? It's a, great, it's a great example, another great example of how they've stolen our power, Bob. Yep. That's our power that they're talking about, right? When they, when they talk about whether it's masks or whether it's budget line items, right, with our money, it's our power. That's really what is the heart of this whole thing is our power to control our own government because, I, I mean, I don't know about you, but I love the American system. I love our constitution. I love the fact that our founders envisioned the fact that we are the government, right? It's ours. And so when they subvert it, and when they do these kinds of secret hidden things or when they, you know, don't follow the state constitution and they continue with these executive orders, Bob, it's taking our power away. It makes us powerless. And that, you know, in and of itself is the worst possible thing you can do in the American form of government, right, is take away power from the citizens where it belongs. And so we've got to take it back. And, and again, you're, you're dead on with the executive orders. But these legislators down here, they're working on a budget as we speak. They're going to vote on this budget. We need to tell them that we want our power back. They need to follow the law. They need to stop with these stupid pet projects, these wasteful pet projects, and they need to follow the law so we can have the power in this situation, right? It's our money. It's our power. Let's take it back. Let's demand that these legislators give us our power back. They need to vote no 
on this state budget, Bob. And you can do that if you're sitting at home right now. Text the words "vote no" V O T E N O to the number five two eight eight six on your cell phone. Vote no to five two eight eight six on your cell phone. Let's demand that they follow the law, Bob. Let's demand that they be transparent with our money, and let's get our power back from these guys. They've taken it from us. We need to take it back. Doesn't seem like too much to ask to ask the people <laughs> who are charged, who we elect to pass laws, to follow the laws that they themselves have already passed. Going to take a quick break here uh, because I was not here last week. Uh, typically with Dave, we do the first segment, but today to make up for last week, uh, we're going to do a second segment today as well, and we'll be right back with that here on Hump Day on WORD, 18 after 4. Be right back. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up. And your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. Welcome back. 24 after 4 o'clock, Wednesday afternoons at 4 are when I'm joined by my friend Dave Schwartz from Freedom Action Network of South Carolina. We're talking about the pending vote on yet again a biggest budget in state history and how you and I, the taxpayers, end up the losers because we are intentionally kept in the dark as uh, the good old boys strike all these quid pro quo deals in uh, state house hallways, uh, they do handshake deals and no votes take yeah. place on the House or Senate floors to determine uh, things that might have some bearing on where the money should be spent, like the merits of the project. Uh, no right. line items are included in the state budget to show who's getting the money and no public list of all the earmarks that exist. So once again, 
you know, they, uh, they put a bag over our head and say, uh, trust us, we're spending this money wisely. Yeah, and they take our wallets. You know, and again, Bob, I go back. If, if, if our roads were, you know, fixed and smooth, if, uh, you know, we paid reasonable amounts and we were able to choose our electricity provider, Mm-hmm. Um, you know, if if our school system was ranked at the top or near the top of the entire country, like, we wouldn't be complaining or talking about this as much, right? But the fact that that's not happening, um, and instead of focusing on those things, and look, you don't have to look at much further than the roads, right? I mean, right. these guys are responsible for those roads. The state legislators are responsible and accountable for the condition of our crumbling roads. And so you take a guy like Tom Corbin, and I'm picking on Tom. I mean, he's a nice guy and all, but here he's down there, and, and he's focused on getting 40 grand to the Greenville Parks and Rec instead of trying to fix Highway 290, which is in his district, right? He's responsible for it. He appoints the commissioner of DOT in this area. Instead of trying to fix that road, he's more focused on getting this, this pet project passed. And, and the same can be said for so many of them. This is why they go down there, right? This is why they go down there is to get these pet projects passed using our money. They're not down there to make our lives better or to represent us, Bob. They're down there to make their own lives better, to accrue more power, and to move up the chain in Colombia. And again, the result of all of this is not only money wasted, vast amounts of money wasted, billions wasted, but our power being taken away from us. Um, and, and that's it's something that we can stop. I, I really, truly believe it. Otherwise, you know, we wouldn't be talking every week. We can do this. We can take our power back. It's not going to be easy, but we've got to step by step take it back. And this is one of those ways, if we can expose these pet projects, if we can shame them into voting no on these budgets, man, we can start to take our power back a little bit at a time. Um, and, and that's really what's going on this week down there in Columbia is they're talking about this budget. They're talking about the, the stimulus package they got from the federal government. We're talking about billions and billions of dollars being thrown around. We have got to force them to follow the law. We've got to force them to stop funding these pet projects. We've, and, and if they can't do that, if they can't follow the law, if they can't force their leadership to follow the law, then they've got to vote no on the budget. And if you're sitting there right now and you want to do something to take your power back, text the word vote no the number 52886 on your cell phone. Vote no to 52886 on your cell phone, and that'll send a direct message to your state house member demanding that they either follow the law or they vote against the state budget this year. Yeah. Now, uh, Shane Massey, uh, along with a couple of other representatives, has introduced a rule change that if approved, and I use that word if, uh, deliberately, it would require senators to disclose hidden earmarks right. and give an explanation for all these projects paid for by these earmarks, the dollar amount they've asked for and how much money they've got. But again, uh, you know, the fox is guarding the hen house. Who knows if they'll even pass that? Well, and, and here's the thing. And the, the thing I appreciate about that, right, is that at least there's some transparency there. We get to shame right. these guys at this point. I mentioned a couple of earmarks from Tom Corbin and Davey Hyatt in Pickens County. You know, Bob, there was a $75,000 earmark to Wofford College for a, quote, fan experience at the Carolina Panthers training camp up there last year, right? Seventy-five grand. We don't even know who put that pet project in. We have no idea who made that request. So 
that that's the bottom line. If we can make that more transparent, we can shame them, we can call them out easier, and we can make their lives more miserable, right? And that's right. the bottom line. That's what we have to do little by little to get our power back. And and I think that's a smart move. If they can pull that off, I doubt they can this year. But we've got to encourage them to do that. We've got to force them to follow that law. If they follow that law, Bob, 11-11-90, if they follow that, that code of law, a lot of these problems will go away. A lot of these problems will be solved because there will be transparency. We can see who puts in these pet projects into the right. budget, and we can stamp them out easier. Again, right now, the key word here, we have got to tell these guys to vote no on this budget. Text the word vote no to the number 52886 on your cell phone. Send that message to your state house member right now. They could be voting any day now. Doesn't seem like too much to ask to ask the individuals who are tasked with passing the laws to at least follow yeah. the ones that they've passed already. Dave Schwartz from the exactly. Freedom Action Network of South Carolina. You can follow them on social media. They're out there every day. That's right. Facebook.com forward slash fan of FC. Facebook.com forward slash fan of FC. We're also at fan of FC on Twitter, Bob, and we're on Parlor. Good deal. Dave, thanks very much. Look forward to talking to you next week, and we'll see where we are then. You bet. Take care. 4.30 here on the Bobby Mac Show. Annie is ready to go to update the news, and I'm right back on the other side here on Hump Day on WORD. Welcome back. 4.37 now, 23 before 5 o'clock. Thanks to my buddy Dave Schwartz for joining me as uh, he does each week on Wednesday to keep us abreast of what the uh, GOB, the uh, good old boys, are up to down in uh, South Carolina. Uh, In on the uh, text line, 71307. Uh, Let me see if I can catch up here. Bobby, you've probably answered this question a million times, but are we still able to vote in person this November from Steve in Traveler's Rest. Indeed, you are, Steve. Welcome to go to your usual polling location. And uh, and by the way, there was some good news in that regard. Uh, I am critical of uh, the legislature, as you know, on a number of issues. But uh, when, when uh, they do something right, they deserve to be congratulated for that. And the efforts of the uh, South Carolina Democrat Party to change... The, uh, the rules for the uh, election in 48 days that would have added uh, more mail-in ballots uh, that would not have required a witness signature, uh, the creation of more of these so-called drop boxes where you can drop off ballots, a perfect opportunity for ballot harvesting, uh, those were rejected uh, by the legislature yesterday. The uh, House and Senate uh, both have now voted on that. Uh, Also in on the uh, text line, Bobby, hate to beat a dead elephant, but elected Democrats are not uh, screwing over South Carolina citizens. It is Republicans, Republicans uh, in name only. Yeah, there, there are a substantial number of those, without a doubt. 
and we're critical of those as well. <clears throat> uh, Bobby, those SOBs in Colombia are probably just laughing off our demands. We need to play some real hardball with them. Uh, yeah, I would agree. And, and one of the best ways to do that, look, there's one thing that's important to all of these guys and women, and it is getting reelected. You know, but if you've got people that vote for the gas tax and then they get reelected, uh, they, they feel like they can do whatever they want to do to continue to rip you off with impunity. Uh, Bobby, if Trump wins, he needs to release an army of antitrust lawyers on the big techs, Twitter, Facebook, etc. <clears throat> oh, here we go. Got my usual text message from my buddy Hugh. Mr. McLean, it's been a few weeks since Mr. Schwartz has besmirched my good name by linking me to some nefarious yet imaginary allegation. I was beginning to think he had forgotten about me. Don't be concerned. I'm still here in Columbia on behalf of the good people of South Carolina. Trust me. Sincerely yours, Hugh L., Florence, South Carolina. Thinking about you when I was on vacation near Hugh, when I passed the Hugh Weatherman interchange on the interstate. There's another of my pet peeves, by the way. All these politicians that name all these bridges, overpasses, interstate uh, interchanges after their buddies in the legislature or somebody that was a, a big donor to the campaigns. Why don't these people pass a law that these, and they, they do, we do have some that are named after uh, fallen highway patrolmen and others, but you think they could work their way around to passing a law that these, uh, all these bridges and overpasses and all the rest would only be named after fallen veterans or first responders? Does anybody deserve to have that more than they do? Just asking. Uh, Bobby, how about making uh, lobbying punishable by prison? Many of them belong behind bars because they are a bunch of crooks. Uh, Bobby, without a convention of states and a forced term limits on Congress and the U.S. Senate, this country will never recover. Uh, it's, it is a problem. Oh, I got another text from my buddy uh, uh, Incognito Joe. Hey, Billy, my cognitives work just fine. Ask those little girls that liked rubbing my hairy legs at the pool or corn pop. Oh, and uh, my wife, Kamala, remember to vote Dr. Jill for VP. Thank you, Joe. Always great to hear from you. Uh, Bobby, in regard to your mentioning the man who was coming under fire for openly stating his political beliefs, that's the, uh, the guy who was the uh, Hispanic broadcaster for the Panthers who quit because he said he was pressured because he was a Trump supporter. There is a major problem with people who cannot openly admit or show their support for President Trump because of the repercussions. Yeah, the so-called cancel culture. At what point 
is something going to be done to protect the common citizen who simply wishes to back someone that the leftist mob does not approve of? Talk show hosts are always telling us to go out and fight for our rights, but there is no protection for us. President Trump needs to start protecting his flock, especially if he wins another term. We have laws on the books. You know, Nicholas Sandman and his attorney proved that the way he was slandered on CNN and uh, Washington Post, New York Times, getting millions of dollars out of it. Uh, Bobby, the debate is two weeks away. He'll come down with COVID from voting today. Biden, that is. It gets him out of the debates and further fuels the fear fire about voting in person. Yeah, see what happened to Biden? Uh, Bobby, Joe probably thought he was in a pay toilet. Um... <laughs> uh, Bobby, this election cycle, it's a choice between politicians or normal civilians who make America great again. Yeah, average Americans. Not that Donald Trump is average. He is exceptional. But you're right. You know, it's the system uh, and us. That's it. Us against them. Bobby, this police reform rhetoric may fuel more problems. I wonder if it will lead... Uh, to the idea, if you're young and black, it's okay to be a thug on the street because new police reform prevents them from doing anything to you. Who knows, maybe this is the new normal. I saw one piece of polling data today. People who are in these cities like Portland, uh, Minneapolis, uh, I guess you would, uh, I don't know if you'd include Chicago in there or not, but these cities uh, where they're, uh, Kenosha, Wisconsin, places like that, Two to one support President Trump. No wonder, you know, all these Democrats are out there encouraging and enabling all this domestic terrorism. Now, talk about just how far off the map these loony liberals have sailed. Uh, when we come right back on the other side, here's the headline from Minneapolis. With violent crime on the rise in Minneapolis, city council asks, where are the police? <laughs> well, take a look in the mirror as to uh, the funding for your local police department, Minneapolis city council people. Details on this next here on the Bobby Mack Show on WORD on Hump Day.
Welcome back. Great to have you along. Five o'clock follies is about nine minutes. Well, top of the hour is nine minutes away, and then five o'clock follies on the other side of that. In on the text line, Bobby, I'm sorry if you addressed this earlier, but what is your opinion on what the upstate will see from Sally? Do you think there'll be a threat of tornadoes? Uh, I would say the tornado threat uh, is probably relatively low. Uh, I think the bigger threat is going to be from flash flooding, which explains why the uh, National Weather Service has already issued a flash flood watch uh, for the actually for uh, the next couple of days, uh, depending on where the remnants of Sally track. If it is to the south of us, we probably will see heavier rainfall amounts. And if it should track further north, uh, then the heavier rain would be for western North Carolina and eastern Tennessee. But right now, from the uh, tracking that I've seen, it looks as if it will go by to the south of us, which means we could see, uh, I think they were saying uh, typically four to six inches of rain over the next couple of days. I know that uh, down in uh, in Alabama and along the uh, uh, what they call the Redneck Riviera uh, around uh, Pensacola and from there, uh, some of the uh, weather spotters have reported as much as 30 inches of rain. Uh, two and a half feet, uh, which is pretty tough. Now, I mentioned uh, this business in Minneapolis. The meeting was slated as a Minneapolis City Council study session on police reform, but for much of the two-hour meeting, council members told Police Chief Medaria Arredondo that their constituents are seeing and hearing street racing, which sometimes results in crashes, brazen daylight carjackings, robberies, assaults, and shootings. And they asked the chief what the department is doing about it. Residents are asking, where are the police? Said Jamal Osman, newly elected council member of Ward 6. He said he's been inundated with complaints from residents that calls for police aren't being answered. That is the only public safety option they have at the moment, MPD, they rely on them, and they're saying they are nowhere to be seen. Just months after leading an effort that would have defunded the police department, city council members at Tuesday's work session pushed the chief to tell them how the department is responding to the violence. They tried to totally do away with the police department, and now, what, they're, they're screaming, hey, we need the police. No kidding. The number of reported violent crimes, like assaults, robberies, and homicides, are up compared to last year, according to MPD crime data. More people have been killed in the city in the first nine months of 2020 that were slain in all of last year. Property crimes, burglaries, auto thefts also up. Incidents of arson have increased 55% over the total at this point last year. For his part, the chief told council members that the department has instituted several measures, including adding more officers to patrol and investigative duties and cracking down on robberies. But council members told the chief residents are hearing a different message from officers. Council President Lisa Bender, this woman is a true hardcore lefty. By the way, she is a real uh, progressive Marxist who was among those leading the call to overhaul the, the department, yeah, and defund it, suggested that officers were being defiant. 
Her constituents say officers on the street have admitted that they purposely are not arresting people who are committing crimes. This is not new, Bender said, but it is very concerning in the current context. Well, Madam Council President, maybe if you hadn't been treating the police department like redheaded stepchildren, then they would be more encouraged and incentivized to do their job. The chief told Bender this was troubling to hear and that he would raise that issue with commanders and the heads of each precinct. Jeremy Schrader represents the 11th Ward, which covers a section of far south central Minneapolis. He said a recent spate of robberies of businesses scared and frustrated residents and business owners. He said the suspects are a group of high school students. He said beat officers were assigned to the area and were able to arrest the teenagers. Another group of juveniles has also committed carjackings in that area. Um, if we have these systems in place, we're getting ahead of the violence, said a, another citizen in one of the wards. That's why I've advocated so strongly for the violence interrupters, because if they're stopping the violence before the guns are being fired, then the MPD doesn't have to respond to that violence. Yeah, well, that's fine as far as it goes, but, you know, when you're being beaten up, carjacked, mugged, assaulted, raped, what have you, and uh, Lisa Bender and the city council want to send out a social worker to help you with your problem, <laughs> you've got big problems. Take a break for the news at the top of the hour. See you back on the other side with the 5 o'clock follies. And speaking of policing, special guest joins me to talk about it here in the upstate on the other side. Baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up. And your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. 